Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Whitecamp, a conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. And today we are talking really a special episode all about the power of relationships and building communities. That's our main focus usually, but we've got an expert in to talk about the power of building relationships and communities and how referrals also can kind of play into that. I am super excited to introduce Dove Gordon. He helps consultants get ideal clients by becoming the under-the-radar leaders in their industry. Experienced consultants and you know community leaders, we know the best clients come from referrals and relationships, but sometimes referrals are unpredictable and relationships can take time. So Dove helps people become that under-the-radar leader. And, you know, he shows you how to leverage relationship marketing as well so that you can turn it into a revenue stream. So I am so excited to welcome you to the show. Dove, welcome and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. Good to be here. Fantastic. So let's go ahead and dive on in. You are all about relationships, you know, becoming that under the under the radar leader, you know, building communities, building referrals. As you said, right, referrals can be unpredictable. Relationships can take time. So tell me a little bit, though, how did you get started doing this, this focus on under the radar leadership and, you know, leveraging referrals and relationship marketing? I got started. I kind of fell into it, you know, and realized that it was uh, one of the few things that I'd managed to figure out to make work for me. And so then I realized that, hi, hey, okay. It's, uh, it seems that what I'm finding to be relatively easy, other people are finding to be a little more challenging. So, um, and I realized that I, I have something to offer in sharing this with others. For a while, I was stuck with the expert's curse where I figured like anybody can do this. And what by this, what I mean is that, you know, 10 plus years ago, I started a network of people who we market and sell to similar audiences of small business, consultant, agency owner, and so on. I started with a handful of people. We grew to um, about a couple hundred. I was running that for free. I decided a couple of years ago it was time to start charging something because I really needed to know who needs to be there. I was afraid I'd lose everything. All these great relationships that, uh, you know, um, with, with some actually very well-known people. Um, but uh, fortunately, I did not lose everything. I would not go down to, you know, 10 or 20 like I was afraid of. We had a nice response. People, a nice number continued. And since then, we've more than doubled. And I, you know, I aim to get back to where we were, uh, probably around 200. And then I'll decide if I want to grow more. But what I learned along the way is, you know, how to build a community of, in this case, it's colleagues, and really bring people together for a common goal and lead it. And I've come to realize how important the role of leading this network is. And you become that, you know, what I think of as backwards networking is you're not going to a networking event, it's you kind of creating the event. And, you know, anybody who does create events that bring people together and everybody knows that you're that central, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, what, what's the center of the wheel called? Um, the fulcrum, I believe. Fulcrum? No, the fulcrum is where the lever goes, right? Fulcrum is the lever. Anyway, uh, yeah. I thought it was the center of the spoke. The spoke. That's the what spoke? It is. Spoke. No. Yeah, I think the spoke is the, the middle hub. and all those things coming out. I'm <laughs> anyway. not positive about that. I don't yeah, know no, much I, about I know, how mechanical yeah. engineering. What's his, yeah, what's his name? Um, uh, has a book about it. Anyway, okay. 
where he uses the title that I'm trying at the word I can't think of anyway. So I, I just think, you know, over the years I've come to appreciate that, that, you know, it's not as easy. People talk about starting masterminds and this and that it really takes leadership for a group to get started and for it to continue. You, it really, they really require leadership. I've come to understand that as the leader of what I now call an alchemy network, I'm providing something that's actually very valuable. I didn't appreciate this all along the way. I didn't appreciate that what I was doing was something that not anybody could just do. And as I came to realize that, that what, what I figured out is, is quite valuable and quite nuanced, I started helping some clients to develop their own alchemy networks. And sometimes it's a network with colleagues. Sometimes it's a network comprised of their ideal clients. Sometimes it's a network comprised of recommenders. Those are generally the three types of members that you might have. So now I've narrowed the focus of my own little business and we help other people design, launch, lead, and leverage their own alchemy networks as a way of not just driving business, you know, their core business, but also adding a new revenue stream. For many consultants, for example, if you're a consultant and and you sell to corporations, for example, you sell to executives or decision makers at companies, there's a good chance that a lot of your business comes from referrals and relationships. And like you quoted me earlier, the problem is that referrals are unpredictable and relationships could take a lot of time and you never know what's going to lead to where, which is true. And that's the way it is. So you're doing a lot of outreach or connection or networking, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of it doesn't lead anywhere. However, when you lead an alchemy network, then, you know, Bob says to you, Kimberly, I love what you're talking about. I really want to do this. This, I think we need to do what you're talking about. This project is, we need it. However, we have so much on our plate right now. And there's just no way that we'll be able to get to it until six months from now. Could you please get back to me in six months? And you say, sure, I understand. It makes a lot of sense. I can see you definitely, you know, we, I definitely agree that this project makes a lot of sense for you. I also can see you've got uh, certain things that you've got to finish first. So yeah, I'll, I'll make a note. I'll get back to you. Now, between now and then, what happens is, is that they forget about you. Mm. And then because you have, you take initiative. So after five months, you reach out to Bob and say, hey, Bob, you know, because you're not going to wait for six months, right? So you, right. you, you, you right? make that hey, Bob, reconnection uh, early. Yeah, you asked me to get back to you. And Bob says, oh, Kimberly, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wish you'd gotten back to me last month. We just started with your competitor, right? We've all had some version of that happen. Uh, if you've been in sales, it's happened. Now, what could you do? Well, you could stay in touch. So what does that look like? You can put them on your email list with, with their permission. And that's a good thing to do. The downside is that it's not really a two-way communication. They're here getting emails from you. They may or may not be opening them. They may or may not be reading them if they're opening them. And, but you're not hearing back from them for the most part. What else could you do? You could send them stuff. Hey, I was thinking about you. Here's an article, which uh, sometimes or often feels forced. It's kind of shallow, right? doesn't mm. feel great. And even then, you're not necessarily hearing back from them. Or you could say, hey, Bob, six months, I totally get it. And, and I, I, I know that you're not just you know, looking for an excuse. You, you genuinely, like we said before, you genuinely need to conquer these first uh, hills before you're ready for the next one. However, because of all the, the things we've talked about, I do know that A, B, and C are genuine, are real issues. And they're, they're going to be coming up between now and then. 
So why don't you join this network of people just like you, precisely the kind of people that you'd like to be spending more time with because they're savvy, they're smart, they're doers, and they've got insights. And they're all dealing with A, B, and C. And I'm there too. It's a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars a year. And we charge that just so that we know that everybody really wants to be there. And I facilitate conversations. And you know what? This is not an obligation. It's not another thing for you to do because you don't participate unless you want to. Right. It's, kind of, it's priced in such a way that if you ask me one question through this network or someone else in the network and you get one idea, you've got a great ROI. And there's no obligation to participate. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not an obligation. It's that you participate when you see personal interest. And that's what drives this is that we have great participation because people want to for their own reasons, not because they feel it's an obligation. And you come and you go with the, the ebb and flow of your busy lifestyle. If you're in, and, and then, you know, five, six months from now, when you're ready, we'll, we'll just get moving. Uh, but in the meantime, you have the help and support for issues A, B, C, and not only that, but also D, E, F, G, and H, because you're those all, are the ones they yeah. didn't think of first, right? <laughs> those are the ones that, that you're dealing with as well, that these same members are dealing with too. So there's a good chance that they'll say, oh yeah, sure, why not? I mean, it's a, a low price. And now what you're doing is that now you're adding 15, 20, 25, 50, 100, maybe 150 members in your Alchemy Network. They're paying you one to $2,000 a year. And now you have a two-way conversation because now after six weeks, you reach out to Bob and say, Bob, you know, you referenced something that's been going on and maybe they asked a question or commented on a, on, on a conversation or not. And you say, hey, Bob, can we get on a quick 10-minute call? I want to hear what you're focused on, what you're dealing with, so that I help me direct the conversations in the network in a way that's very relevant for you and, and therefore others as well they're much more likely to say, sure, no problem. Get on a quick 10, 15 minute call. They paid you. It's a different relationship, right? Now you are, you know, you're there. And now you are that under the radar leader in your industry, because as you add members in your network and they get to know each other and they learn from each other and they see that you're the one who's facilitating these conversations, they come to respect you for your expertise. Mm -hmm. And you come to deepen your understanding of their world, their situation, their needs. It's your ongoing, never-ending living laboratory. And you're getting paid for things that you were previously doing for free. All that relationship marketing that you were doing, the networking, the referrals, which you know, instead of uh, spending an hour or two or three talking to somebody, getting to know them, maybe giving a proposal, maybe more than three hours, depending on what it is, only to have it go nowhere, now suddenly... You bring them into your fold. They're now members. You're getting paid something, at least for your time. But more than that, every new member raises the value for every other member. Absolutely. So is, That's a, a really in-depth look at uh, you know, what an under-the-radar leader looks like, how to form one of these alchemy networks. And you know, I think it's really important for a lot of us to kind of realize that, you know, first off, you need to have a similar a similar audience, right? One of the things you mentioned is that all of a, all of the people in your Alchemy Network that you were focusing on, they served similar audiences, right? They served consultants, ad agencies, marketing, that kind of thing. But also one of the things you said much earlier on that I really want to kind of highlight here is that you said, you know, you thought it was easy. 
right? You thought Mm -hmm. this was easy. This was something you thought everyone knew. Oh, this is what all the experts are doing. And then you realize that, well, no, not everyone does know this. Not everyone does understand this. So I think it's really important for anyone listening, right? As a community leader, for us to recognize that your expertise is somebody else's problem. And even if it's another successful business person, even if it's someone you consider at colleague level, there's still a great relationship to be had and a great conversation to be had there. And you have expertise to give, even if you're not at that same level, because what you're great at, somebody else is struggling with. And it's really important for, for people to notice that as a sweet point on, a, on what to highlight, I think. Yeah. And I, I found out that's called the expert's curse. The expert's curse. All right. I have not heard that phrase yet. Yeah. So for several years, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I should just narrow my focus on helping people build these alchemy networks or, and I resisted it because I was thinking to myself, well, okay, let's say somebody wants me to help them with this. I'll tell them, do this, that, and that they'll go and do it. And then what, what am I doing for them after that? Like they don't need more until I started actually working with people. And then I started to realize that, you know, they would come up with a question. They say, okay, I did X and Y, but now I'm stuck. And I said, what are you stuck on? And they, they tell me what they're stuck on. I say, well, that, that's not an issue, just this. Oh, okay. But we all get stuck on things that we imagine, you know, we have a question. If we have a question, we can't move forward. We don't know what to do. And they need some help in answering the questions. They need some help in developing certain messaging and developing certain materials and developing certain processes. And as I started working with more and more people to help them design, you know, their own alchemy networks and then you know, launch it and lead it and then leverage it slash monetize it, I came to realize that, well, you know, all this you know, that I've developed over the years is actually a lot more nuanced than involved. And now I just kind of shifted it and put it onto that. Personally, I moved, I got domain profitable relationships and changed, uh, you know, my business to profitablerelationships.com the profitable relationships company that's, and now I'm really doing a lot of what I always did. It's just that it's under that umbrella. Mm. And your point is absolutely spot on because I think it's true for almost everybody. There is a subset of our society clearly who have a much bigger, you know, in their mind, their worth and value seems to be a lot bigger than it actually is in the real world. However, it seems that most of us, have the opposite problem. We don't value our expertise enough. And we, you know, we end up maybe belittling it, but undervaluing ourselves and what we can do. And that shows up for some as the expert curse. And I'm sure it shows up for others in all sorts of ways. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something I think all of us as, as coaches, as consultants, we kind of struggle with it. Because as we've said, right, what we find simple or easy or, oh yeah, of course, that's something everyone knows. You know, we're so close to our expertise that we forget what other people don't know about our expertise level. And it's something I also see when people uh, are kind of figuring out their own marketing as well, right? We kind of assume that the people we're talking to have a huge base knowledge that most people don't have. Um, and that's that's where our power comes from. That's where our our value and our ability to help people comes from because you know that expertise around what you do, right? But other people, they don't know what they don't know. So we have to kind of start from that point of making sure that we're speaking the same language, but also recognizing our value and our worth when it comes to what it is that we are experts in. 
And, you know, whatever it is that you're an expert in, there is value in that. Even if it's not something you put value on, other people put value on it. As a copywriter, it's hard to imagine that there are people who haven't read and studied Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz, probably, right? I mean, right. Although it is a very hard book to find. (laughs) Oh, I think it's available again. I think it might be available again, but it's a, it's not a a starting price, right? Um, You know, it's, it's very rare yeah, to find know. or Someone if you sent can me find a PDF it years ago. So that's what I have. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. You know, cause it was unavailable. I so. won a copy through a contest. So that's oh. how I have mine. Well, it's a, uh, it, you know, it's definitely a good way to sell books. <laughs> For sure. It's a good way to sell books. Make, make them unavailable. <laughs> make them unavailable. Way. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about kind of your process for building this community. You mentioned it briefly earlier, right? Where, you kind of had just started gathering fellow colleagues who were serving similar industries, and then you moved to making it paid. So tell me, what are some of the things, you know, how do you find people nowadays? And uh, what does your journey look like? What's that process look like for you building your current community, right? Because communities yeah. change, they evolve over time. So I'd love to hear how you are changing and evolving as well. Well, for one thing, I now have two two networks, one, which is a network of colleagues who we all you know, market and sell towards. We serve the same types of audiences. That's the JVMM that we talked about. And I have another one called the Under the Radar Leaders Network, which is more for consultants who market and sell to other businesses or corporate even, or even especially corporate perhaps. And they're, you know, they're, they're looking to, to grow through relationships for the most part. So that's one, one way I've evolved is that and another you know, client of mine, for example, has a, a, an alchemy network comprised of recommenders. He's one of the first people that I started sharing this with. And he works with, he does consulting projects that are run about $200,000 and up to low seven figures. And he, you know, he's looking to reach CEOs, managing directors of half billion dollar and, you know, and higher in revenue businesses. They're not easy to reach at all. Very hard. Probably some of the hardest people in the world to reach. Their time is very, very precious. So in theory, you could start a network for those people, but it didn't really make sense in his case because he's an expert on, you know, a particular aspect of what matters to them, you know, but they, you know, so they, for them to join a network that's focused on just the, like the new product development parts of this, you know, it probably wouldn't make much sense. It only has, you know, like a sliver of their attention. They've got so many other things. And he doesn't have the background or the expertise or the desire to really pretend to be, you know, a, a CEO running the whole business type of person. He's not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he decided to start a network for people one or two levels lower, the R&D directors. And the R&D directors, he helps companies that need to develop their, the problem that he's helping solve is that the company is looking to develop new products or services. These are generally manufacturing companies of some kind. And it's taking too long, costing too much money. And the, they keep coming back to the CEO, the managing director saying, we need more money, we need more people, we need more time. And it doesn't seem to matter how much money, how many people, how much time they have, it never seems to be enough. The products are, are delayed and so on. And that's pretty standard. And what he's figured out over many years is that it's a, a lot of the, you know, standard practice for project management is actually causing these delays and he's developed whatever he's developed. So I just gave that background to help understand that the CEO, you know, 
only has a a kind of a a relationship to that, but it's not front and center on his or her mind. So, and they don't fully like you know, they might be frustrated with the slow progress and the setbacks, but they don't fully understand what the cause is in all likelihood. So, the R and D director, on the other hand, is uh, somebody who is responsible for results, but doesn't have enough authority really across other departments. So by reaching out cold through LinkedIn with messaging that we crafted and refined over several weeks and months, he's been getting a very, very strong response from R&D directors where he's reaching out not to try to sell them or get them in, but saying, hey, I've, I lead this alchemy network. It's about this and this is who it's for. And, you know, let me know if you want to talk and see if it's a fit and getting a very good response. So that and, and then now he's got I don't know how many he has uh, currently, but you know at least dozens in, uh, from companies across the you know the various industries across the United States, and and now he's having conversations with them. They're getting to know each other, but he gets to find out what's really going on. This is why I call it an under the radar leader, uh, because you kind of have backdoor access to um, you know some key people across your industry. And then we mapped out a plan where he can do some initial project, a smaller initial project or some coaching with the, the, you know, the R&D director. And then once the R&D director has a success, then they can go to the, the managing director, the CEO, and say, hey, I did this with Mike. But now, in order for us to go further, look how good is he? Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, well done. Now, to go further... We need to bring in these other two or three departments, and I need your authority for that. I can't, you know, you know, I can't do it on my own. Mm. And that's, you know, so that's it's a what you know, in, it definitely makes sense. My client is not looking to build a big firm. For him, having three or four or maybe five projects a year is all he wants. Right. Right. So you know, that's the that's the process, and that's one of the the ways that we you can leverage relationships. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people. And I think as well, it's really important to note that, you know, you can use this kind of process to build whatever business works for you, right? As you mentioned, this right. particular client is only looking for a couple of projects a year, three or four projects a year, and they're happy, right? That, that's what they mm-hmm. want to be doing. They don't necessarily want to be serving more than that because then it would be a different return on their time. So when you can build this type of, of network, when you can build this type of community where you become seen as the go-to person or at least become seen as a person who really knows what they're talking about to help that particular network, then people come to you, but you get to choose and you get to kind of not have to worry about, oh, I need to get more people in. I need to get more people in because anyone who comes to you from this network already knows what you do, already knows the value you're going to bring. And you can say, yes, this is the exact fit for me. Or you know what? No, this isn't the exact fit for me. Yeah. You touched on a very important part of this, which is, you know, curation mm. and that is that you don't let just anybody in Absolutely. you really you know it's a big part of this is you're curating who the members are going to be and that's you know i i came to understand that a big part of the value that you're bringing as a leader that i was bringing that i am bringing is curation conversation and education curation conversation and education so number one is you're curating, you're making sure that the people in the group are genuinely the ones that your ideal clients, your, your members here, like, yeah, these are people that I want to be spending more time with. 
Number two is you make it easy for them to have conversations because everybody's so busy. So you got to figure out like, how can I, how do we make it easy for them to actually get to know each other? Because you have to overcome that some way. And there are all sorts of things that we can do. And then lastly, education, which is going to be different depending on who the audience in your, your group is. Like for, again, for example, education, when you're forming a network of colleagues, right? Like my JBMM. So that's one thing. It's very different when it's uh, an audience of my ideal clients or recommenders. So, you know, when, in my JVMM, I position myself really as, as just another colleague. You know, when I'm in my Under the Radar Lose Network, I position myself as an authority. Mm. And, and that's how I'm seen in, in, in both. And, and, you know, it's not that complicated to do these, but because, you know, when you're a colleague, so the education will be a little bit different. It's also not all coming from me, but I'm ensuring that people are, are being educated from each other and sometimes from someone on the outside as well. When I'm very interesting, you know, in my network with my ideal clients, the education is generally coming from me and it's material that I create for my clients and it works really well. I mean, the model that I've, really evolved in our um, building, building this out because it's really endless, is that I realized that, you know, the people who join my Under the Way to Lose network, they get access to all my material, my courses, my training, pretty much anything that's worth sharing. You know, maybe not the oldest, oldest stuff. So, <laughs> anything relevant, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I'm developing new material all the time because I'm, I'm really interested in helping them develop systems and systems break down into sub processes like a system for you know building a flow of clients that's generated from really good relationships with you know profitable relationships we'll call it right breaks down into processes processes have steps you know you got to do these steps in order to take those steps those actions you need tools a tool could be something as simple as a message something that you say a template something that you use to help you say something and then Skills, skills to use those tools. It could be a CRM and you need the skills to use the CRM. It could be something way more complex. It could be, you need a process for your sales conversations and then the skills to lead somebody through your sales conversation. So I, you know, I love doing this and I just love the, the, the continuous creation and refinement and, and distilling it down to the essence. So that's what I'm doing. That's the kind of education that people in my, under the Ray Lewis network are getting. Now, on top of that, I also have some coaching. I'm coaching mm. higher price coaching programs. That is for people who, you know, people recognize that, you know, and, and it's an important distinction, I think, that you need to recognize that when I say this, the, the an alchemy network is not a coaching program. It's not consulting. It's being part of a community and part of the conversation. And with in the under the radio news network, I'm also giving them access to information, to my trainings, my courses. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that enriches the conversations and, and I'm happy to give. And a lot of people will benefit a lot from that information, but I also know how important it is to have that interaction, to have that coaching. And at any given point in time, a certain percentage of my network will be ready to, you know, go up the ladder a little bit and take and that next step, invest further with me to, to actually create things in a higher level that, that, that where they're not just getting reactive response, but they're, they're, I'm, I'm with them and saying, Hey, I'm gonna help you go from a to C, a and B, C or D, whatever it is. 
Here's the process. We take you through it. Because if these skills, these things were so easy, like flipping a light switch on and off, then, you know, everyone could just read a book and then just go and do it. And we'd all be super successful. Absolutely. I like the way you phrase that, right? That um, it's, it's curation, it's conversation, it's education. All of those need to be a part of this networking process that you're, you're leading people through and the value of each of those, right? That it's a little bit different than what people are kind of used to. So if people, you know, this has been so much information and such a, a great breakdown of how to kind of get started with this, but what would you say is that, is that first step? What's that big takeaway, that first next step people should take so they can start putting this into place for themselves? Well, first thing is really to make a decision. There are so many so-called strategies that are pushed at us as this is the way to do it. You know, personal branding, writing a book and uh, doing, you know, automated webinars and Facebook ads and, and podcasting. And all these are great. We're on a podcast right now, right? Yes, um, <laughs> These are all, you know, they're all great. But for different people, you, you know, different, different tactics are, are the right answer. So number one is ask yourself, hey, I don't, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who they spent months and, and more often years trying this and then trying that and then trying that. Why? Because the grass allow, is always greener, right? <laughs> the grass is always greener, but they also allow the outside, the other experts to tell them what they should do. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as Stephen Covey from the seven habits of highly effective people, I remember hearing a talk uh, he gave years ago. He said that in order to say no to all the distractions on the outside, you have to have a, a yes, a deeper yes burning on the inside. When you have that deeper yes burning on the inside, then you could say no to the distractions on the outside. And it's the same thing here. When you have a clear marketing and selling system that you've said yes to, that you know works, then you have the confidence to say no to all the distractions. Yeah, wonderful. Instagram might be a great idea, but I don't, I'm not doing it or I don't need to or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have this and this is working and it's a good fit. It feels right and it gets me what I want. So you've got to get to that place. So there's so many people saying yes to lots of different things because they don't have the clarity or confidence. And I just think, you know, the one thing to do is recognize that every tactic could work, every tactic could fail. You got to reflect and say, what could I enjoy really doing as a way of growing my business? And if you found that you've got clients from conversations, from relationships and referrals, then make a decision that you're going to focus on that. And that you're going to make that your center and stick with it until you're mastering it and executing at a high level. And that will take years. Mm, absolutely. Yes. I, I can't agree more that, you know, clarity and having that deep knowledge, it's, it's a key part. Cause if you don't really know who you're talking to, if you don't really know what you're doing, if you haven't really taken the time to sit down with yourself and define those for yourselves, you're never going to reach your success because you don't know what your success even looks like. So Dove, I want to thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with my audience and with the community. And if people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they find you? We put up a little gift at profitablerelationships.com forward slash Kimberly in your honor. And thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, over there, you'll find my manual, how to systematically and consistently attract first-rate clients, which I sold for $97 for five years. And um, your listeners can get it for free at ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. For those who needed that, like me, you know. <laughs> yes, because I believe the, the European and uh, 
what is that Pacific way of spelling? It has an extra E in there. So definitely check out profitablerelationships.com slash Kimberly. Again, as always, all of those links will be in the show notes and the various social platforms you can find Dove on as well. Do be sure to download the guide and, and you know, take the time to set aside and, and go through that. Dove, I want to say thank you again so much for being here and for, for sharing all this wisdom. Thank you for having me, Kimberly, without thank- an extra E at the end. Without an extra E at the end. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. We have been talking with Dove Gordon, who focuses all on building profitable relationships and using backwards marketing to build Alchemy Networks. Remember, folks, until next time, keep calm and check out the free guide from Dove.